Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Look in your home. Look in your office. Look in your home office. Everywhere you turn, there's so much smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. Our game-changing FlexPath format puts you in control of your master's degree so you can learn how, when, and where you want. Smart, huh? Yeah, we think so, too. So if you want to take the next step in your career, make Capella your first step. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by The Barrel Club in Oak Lawn. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. And with me, as always, is the one and only resplendently bearded podcast extraordinaire, Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, we talked last week after the Blackhawks' first preseason game. And then they went on to play, I think it was, what, seven or eight of them in a row, it felt, <laughs> it felt like. Yes, it did. <laughs> they, they played a ton a ton of games in a very short amount of time kind of going to happen when you're going overseas to Europe, but we've seen these guys play some games. Now we've seen the NHL guys at least get out there on the ice too. I'm, I'm dying to know Jay, what are you thinking of this bunch so far? What, you know, I think that when the better version of the teams out there, they've looked pretty good. I like what I've seen from Crawford and Leonard uh, so far. We're going to have to talk about Leonard here in a little bit as he left practice today with an injury Jeremy Calton said it didn't seem serious but it was serious enough for him to leave practice which means what exactly I don't know um we'll know more about that tomorrow but the Hawks play tomorrow night or Wednesday night in uh 
DC or against the Capitals, and hopefully he'll be ready to go there. Kirby mm-hmm. Doc's getting closer. Uh, Quenville's getting closer. So there's some, I don't know, there's some things developing before the seasons ever really began, but there's so much to get to. We learned a lot in these three games, and there's a lot of a lot of guys I want to talk about and a lot of things I want to get to, but I think just in general, um, one thing I've noticed about Cowton's system, and see if you agree with me, there seems to be a big emphasis on, even at even strength, getting bodies in front of the net. They have had a focus on that that I've it has really stood out. And maybe I just didn't notice it last season because we were trying to figure out Cowton on the fly, and he was sort of adjusting the system on the fly, but it has been a common theme of these preseason games. There are Blackhawks parked in front of the net all the time, and I like that. They've got some guys now with some size that can do that, even guys like Nylander, who are he's bigger than he plays. He takes up more space than it appears. Dylan Strom talked about sort of adjusting to that on the power play last year. Now they're all sort of doing it at even strength. Zach Smith's another guy who falls into that role. So now they've got some personnel that can do it. It looks like that's going to be a focal point of Jeremy Cowton's offense. And it's really wild when you think about it, right? Because the Blackhawks, what was the... What was the thing going into last season? What did they keep talking about like during the draft and kind of in the lead up to the season? Speed, speed, speed. They wanted to bring in guys who were going to be really quick. And now all of a sudden you seemingly have this emphasis on the things that power and physicality can get you. It's why, probably why you drafted Kirby Doc instead of some of the other forwards that were available with the number three overall pick. So that doesn't make that is completely unsurprising to me that Colladin has been emphasizing that in his system, just based on some of the guys that they've brought into the mix during this off season. And I think that it really is just such a complete 180 from what the team was trying to emphasize when they drafted guys like Henry Yokoharu and Adam Boquist. It's kind of crazy to think about, right? Yeah, you're right about that. And the other thing I think is funny is we all have this, vision of Joel Quenville as like the old school guy and we all thought Jeremy Calton was going to come in here and reinvent the wheel but when you look at the way their teams play it's kind of the opposite Calton has like kind of a basic you know get pucks to the net the power play kept it simple and that's why it worked whereas Q's teams were always the one that were trying to like skate the puck into the zone all the time never dump it in you know, try to make a highlight real goal all the time. I think it's interesting that the Cowton system, now that we've gotten some time to get used to it, now we see how it's developing in the preseason, looks a little more, I don't want to say basic, because I don't think that's correct, but I think traditional. Is I probably, was going to yep, you nailed it. Yeah, and I think maybe part of it is the roster. They don't have a ton of speed, um, and they did bring in, like, they did talk about it, but then the guys they bring in, like Oli Mata and Zach Smith, and, and even Kirby Doc, who is a strong forward and a good skater, but he's not necessarily fast. And Dylan Strom last year, none of those guys have a speed game. So he is going to have to kind of play a different style. And I like that so far, we haven't even dropped the puck on a regular season yet. We don't even know what the roster is going to be yet. But so far, we're, what we're seeing Calton do is put a round peg into a round hole instead of a square mm. peg into a round hole. He sees the personnel he has and he's adapting his system to make it work to fit the personnel he has. And that's really all you can ask a coach to do, right? right. I mean, th- what he is doing fits the personnel they have, and I'm very interested to see, because this team can go a lot of ways out of camp. They could mm-hmm. go with a little more finesse 
if they want to go Kubalik and Nylander over, you know, Camp and uh, Vadine and guys like that. Like, there's there's some options here. And even uh, Alexis Sorella is another guy who's looked pretty good in his preseason time. So if they wanted to go, you know, four lines that could potentially score, they could. It's just interesting. I, I'm really curious to see how this roster is going to shake out for opening day. You know what? We, we've been talking about personnel. So I do think, Jay, if you'll indulge me, I think it is time for us to kind of get into the line combinations of what Jeremy Colleton was rolling out in practice today and what we could potentially see on opening night in Prague. Not sure about that yet. Are you cool getting into some line combination talk right now? Are you ready for it? I am ready. So here's what they lined up today at practice. The first line was Jonathan Taves centering Alex Nylander and Drake Kajula. Okay, so Alex Nylander has been a guy that I've been watching very closely the entire preseason. I really like his game a lot. I can see why the Blackhawks insisted that he be part of that trade for Henry Okaharu. I definitely think that he's getting into this roster, whether they keep 12 forwards or 14. I really like what I've seen from his game, and I'm really intrigued to see what he'd be able to do with Jonathan Taves on his center. Well, and it seems like he's playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder and I, I think when you are if you're any sort of athlete with pride and people question your commitment people question your uh, desire to play the game you want to quickly prove them wrong you want to go out there and say like all right Buffalo you traded me you thought I was tradable I'm going to show you now the question is will Nylander keep that enthusiasm for the entire season because that has been the knock on him and you know, when we do see him in the limited time we've seen him and from the reports out of Buffalo, it is that he would just sort of drift and lose interest for a while. If he can maintain his focus for the better part of 82 games, there's no question the talent's there. We mentioned the size. The speed's there, too. All the tools are there for Alex Nylander to be a good player. He might not be as good as his brother, but if he's going to be a 40-50 point guy, that's a hell of a deal. I'll take that. You know, especially is that, is that good enough on the top line, though? But it, I, I don't know if it has to be because your second line is Alex DeBrinket, Dylan Stroman, Patrick Kane, and you know that's going to be the line that's going to get the bulk of offensive zone starts. They're yep. going to be even though Jonathan Taves is your number one center, that's going to be your top scoring line. There's no doubt about it. That's going to be the one when they're down a goal late, right? That's the line that's going to jump over the boards first, all things being equal. Maybe they'll throw Taves at center on there every now and again just to truly stack it. But that mm-hmm. that air quotes second line of Debrinket, Kane, and Strom, that's going to be your, your main offensive threat. And we know, I mean, look, that line's going to work. You've got Patrick Kane coming off, what, 110 points, something like that last season. Alex Debrinket coming off 40 goals and Dylan Strom coming off nearly a point per game season with the Hawks um that that line's gonna work and if you're a fantasy hockey player Dylan Strom might be a guy you pick up in a later round and feel really really good about yeah we'll see how long he lasts in drafts and we're obviously going to talk about Alex Debrinkit later in the podcast tease alert um but I I really do think excuse me that that line like you said they're going to generate some serious offense. That's going to absolutely be your high-octane line. I love the fact that Jeremy Colladin is going to have them together, it looks like, from the word jump this season. And I really am intrigued to see what's going to end up happening with Dylan Strom especially because, I mean, he is entering this year where he's going to be, you know, the last year before he can hit restricted free agency. The Blackhawks are going to have a really big decision to make on him in the offseason. If he can 
consistently play with Dabrinkit and Kane, you would have to think <laughs> that he's going to be able to maybe not necessarily put up that point-per-game production that he was able to put up when he came over in the trade last season, but he's going to be pretty darn close to it if he can stay with those guys. Well, you're talking – I mean, look, if he's on – if he spends the bulk of the season with those two guys on his wing – I think anything less than 70 points would be a surprise. Well, I mean, if you have Eric Gustafson poaching points, that's one way that could potentially kind of go askew. But I do get what you're saying. All right. The third line today was David Kampf at center with Saad on the left wing and Dominic Kubelik on the right wing. Kubelik is another guy worth discussing. Uh, Very interesting to see the way he was being used in the power play. He is the mirror version of Artemi Panarin, and I don't know if he's going to be that good. It'd be wonderful if he's that good. I doubt he'll be that good. Do you mean one-trick pony, Artemi Panarin? <laughs> I still kind of believe that. Anyway, uh, he, they lined him up on the right-wing boards, and we're just feeding Kubelik one-timer after one-timer, and he capitalized on one, scored another really nice goal. Um, he like When you watch games, you say, All right, who belongs? Right, like Who, who, is, who is truly... An NHL player right now. I get that from Kubelik. I think he's a plug-and-play guy. And when they traded for him and signed him, that was the idea. And Sam Bowman said so pretty much since the day they got him that he was going to be part of things this year. And that's a big part of what made uh, Dominic Cahoon expendable. I think Kubelik is a guy with a similar game, higher offensive upside. The release on his shot is unbelievable. His slap shot uh, power and accuracy are really, really good. So I think he's going to be another guy that's, you know, if you haven't been keeping up with the Hawks over the offseason, talk to your friends about Dominic Kubelik. You're going to sound smart at the water cooler because he's going to be a guy that makes an impact this season. I would be inclined to agree with you. I think that he's a guy that we all kind of had circled on the uh, depth chart when they were talking about guys coming into training camp, guys who could potentially make that uh, forward group. And he's done nothing to disabuse me of that notion. And the way Jeremy Colladin has been talking about him throughout training camp makes it pretty clear to me that he really likes what he's seen from Kubelik's game. And like you said, the way that he was kind of firing off those shots off the boards, it's definitely a good indication that they're wanting to use him as that second or third line winger that's just going to score you a bunch of goals and if that's the way you're going to use him I think that's a really really good sign for the future for him the one thing I'm curious about though is David Camp between him and Saad what do you think of that 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 wasn't one that I necessarily saw coming, but it's an interesting combination of skill sets to be sure, especially with the defensive chops of Camp and Saad. Doesn't that line make a lot more sense with uh, Kirby Doc in the middle? You would have thought so, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the first thing that kind of came to my mind was if Kirby Doc was still in training camp, I'm betting he would be in the middle of that line. And like we said, the skill set mix there would be so interesting and so good with Doc in the middle of that now, line. I feel so bad for him. Just victim of a cheap shot. Can't get on the ice. He was skating with some vigor today. And Calton said he is closer to practicing with the team. Wouldn't be surprised to see him practice with the team tomorrow. I, I don't think he would uh, for the morning skate, obviously. Um, I, I doubt he plays against Washington. But look, if you read the article in The Athletic about Kirby Doc, Stan Bowman, if, he, if Doc's going to help, he's going to help this year. And he's not afraid of waiting him out until he's healthy to see what he can do. He's not afraid of burning the first year of the contract, he said, like, everyone's hung up on this, you know, less than 10 games thing. He, Bowman doesn't care. He said if he's here for 12 games, 30 games, and, and the best thing is is to send him down, 
they'll do it. But I, I don't know. It, it seems like to me like Bowman, if I had to choose right now, is he going to make the team? I think he is. Maybe he won't stay the whole year, but the way Stan Bowman's talking about it, it seems like he's pretty convinced Kirby Doc can come in and contribute right away. And he said, like, look, if he makes mistakes, he's going to make mistakes. It's not the end of the world. Usually you have time to make up for them, and it's a team game. Read that Scott Powers article on Kirby Doc with the from The Athletic. It is telling. Bowman sounds like he wants Doc to make the team. He expects Doc to make the team. For how long, who knows? But he's definitely going to get a look here before he's sent back to, to... And the only thing, he can't go back to Rockford. He's got to go back to Saskatoon. So that's another thing to consider. Does it make sense to send Kirby Doc down to Saskatoon to just dominate players that are way below him for another year? Like, what good does that do him? Right? Yeah, we've definitely had that conversation during the offseason that would it make sense to have him learning at that level when he could be learning and making mistakes against the guys that ostensibly he's going to be competing against for the next 10 to 15 years. I think that's one of those things. The Blackhawks seem like they are content to let those learning or those growing pains happen at this level as opposed to the uh, junior level. And don't don't besmirch the Saskatoon blades. I'm don't not, do it, it. I just don't think it serves him well to go. Like, what's the point? Like, it was one thing for Adam Bolquist to go back to London because clearly his defensive game needed time to develop, and he was so young that it didn't make sense to throw him in Rockford. They're different positions, they're different roles, they're different bodies. Kirby Doc has an NHL ready body right now. Well, you might throw Boquist down in Rockford this year. Sure. Yeah. He, they, I think they will. I think he's probably going to start the season in Rockford. Agreed. But not that he should, but whatever. Um, I, but I sending sending Doc to Saskatoon makes no sense to me. I it, would agree with that. I was a, just trying to play devil's advocate yeah. a little bit. All right, we got two more lines to get through because they had five lines today. Uh, the fourth line was Ryan Carpenter uh, centering Anton Vadine and Andrew Shaw. Vadine's another guy who looks fine. <laughs> Nothing spectacular, but he's he's shown that he can play he's uh, you know one of those sort of 13th 14th forwards you have on your roster that you can call up in a pinch and you're not going to miss a whole lot when he's there there's been some things I've seen from him that I like but again I think when you start to get you know the 1A teams on the ice and you start to play against actual full NHL teams you might see that performance go down a little bit but he's been fine and then the fourth line is Zach Smith centering uh Alexi Sorella and Brennan Perlini. So, yeah, we're starting to run into a numbers game here a little bit. I think I the guys that we talked about on the top three lines are all but assured roster spots. Obviously, Andrew Shaw is going to be on this team. I do think that Ryan Carpenter will be on the team as well. And then you get to those last four. You get to Sorella, Smith, Perlini, and uh, Vadine, and you're just like, hmm, how many of those guys are you keeping? I do think they're going to keep Zach Smith, so yeah. that's 12. But then the 13th guy, I just I don't know. I don't know where their heads are at right, All right well, now. Here, give me, let's do this. Well, first, let's tell our, our friends about uh, Triple Threat Sports. If you have a team that needs outfitting, you, have, you need jerseys for your beer league hockey team, you need softball t-shirts or jerseys for your 16-inch league, whatever, call Triple Threat Sports, 708-478-6090. They're going to hook you up. You're going to look awesome. They'll help you with every step of the, of the design. So call Chris. Again, 708-478-6090 or email chris at triplethreatsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. So let's, 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 just, let's just play a game here. Let's have a little exercise. The top 12, right? 
Taves, obviously. Kane, obviously. Saad, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> Debrinkit, Strom. Okay, so I'm going to cross these guys off as I go. Do, do, do. Saad. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four. Okay. Uh, Kajula, yes. Yep. Shaw, yes. Yep. Kubalik, yes. I think so, yeah. Smith, yes. I agree. Carpenter, you signed to a multi-year deal, so he's going to be here. Well, it wasn't a very expensive deal. They could bury him and not really have it be any sort of an issue. But by the same token, I still think they like what he brings to the mix as a veteran. Lower line forward, I think the argument's pretty strong to keep him. All right, so Nylander, yes? Yeah, I think so, Just especially the fact he's playing on the top friggin' line with Taves mm-hmm. and Kajula. They pretty clearly like him. All right, so we've got so our, our, for our 12th forward here, and this is... We haven't mentioned Kirby Doc yet. You've got Vadim, Camp, and Perlini. I'm going to say Camp has the edge there. Agreed. And then I'll say Perlini and Whedon. Vadin. In that order. I got to get used to that. Vadim. Vadim. And then Sorella's on the outside, outside looking in. And I think I didn't I hear like some rumbling that he was kind of ticked off. He wasn't on the NHL roster last year. Imagine how he's going to feel if he doesn't make it out of camp this year. I know, but too bad. I mean, look, there's there's a lot of competition here, you know, like people can poo poo the Hawks as much as they want, but they've got they don't have a lot of high end depth, but they've got some depth. Um, so I, I think when things start, man, especially if Doc's in they're they got some tough decisions to make. So if Doc's in, then I think Vadim goes down. Right. And I, mean, I would think so. Yeah. Then your forward units are looking pretty good. Kane, Taves, Saad, Debrinkit, Strom. Kajula, Shaw, Kubalik, Smith, Carpenter, Nylander, Kampf, Doc, Perlini. That's I didn't count how many that was. That was twelve. Okay, that's. I, pretty... I, I do think they end up keeping thirteen, especially if Doc is there to start, just because of the fact that they're going to want to kind of ease him into it. I think. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, it's going to be. Uh, do you want to go over the defensive pairings just uh, just for craps? Yeah, sure. I mean, the top six are pretty much set in stone. It's that number seven spot. We start getting into real interesting territory. So they had uh, five pairings, say. Keith Gustafson. Duh. Mata Seabrook. By the way, Mata Seabrook, really good numbers so far in the preseason. I know it's preseason. I know it's a lot of non-NHL competition. They're doing a pretty good job suppressing shot opportunities. I'm just saying. Well, Ole Mata knows how to play. He had a terrible year last year. There's no doubt about it. There's no denying that. But to think he's not going to have a bit of a bounce back is silly. Calvin DeHaan and Connor Murphy round out the bottom pair. Then you had Slater Cuckoo with Adam Boquist. That's a, a def- adventure defensively. And then uh, Dennis Gilbert and Carl Dahlstrom. Were it's your... also an adventure uh, consonant-wise, too. <laughs> yes. That was your fifth pair. Uh, Gilbert and Dahlstrom. So, I don't know. Interesting. Um, again, there are so many ways this roster can go. And I just wish Kirby Dock had not gotten hurt. I feel like the picture would be so much clearer. And I wonder if if he does make the team. It's not a, I told, I've said all summer they were trying to trade Perlini and couldn't find a taker. That's why it took so long. And now they've got this. They got him for dirt cheap. But they've got this glut of forwards that all these guys are probably NHL players. Like Sorella would be the one guy you'd say is borderline, but he would make probably half the rosters in the league with his talent. 
I don't know. It's there. Something's gonna have to give. I don't know how many of these guys they're gonna be willing to send down. But yeah, I, I get the sense there will be a trade or two that ends up getting made, and I'm sure there might be somebody who ends up getting claimed on waivers or whatever. But I definitely think they're in a much better position this year, having too much talent at that part yes, of the roster absolutely. than what happened in like last season when they realistically didn't. No, they certainly did not. They did not uh, by any means. By the way, uh, I want to tell you about our newest sponsor before we take a break, Barrel Club in Oakland, 4910 West 111th Street. Um, come in to check out their selection of over 200 whiskeys and bourbons. Stay to try one of their mouth-watering steaks or full roasted chicken carved table side. They've got homemade pierogies. They've got, and this is for a fat guy to say this, it's something. Really good salads. That's right. I said it. Jay Zawoski recommended a salad on the podcast. Believe it or not, it actually happened. Make sure you join their Spirit of the Month Club, too. Go to their website, BarrelClubIllinois.com. And if you're like me, Barrel Club is one L. Because <laughs> I always <laughs> screw that one up. BarrelClubIllinois.com. Check them out. Barrel Club in Oakland, 4910 West 111th Street. Go drink some awesome spirits. Go have some wonderful steaks and have a really good time. All right, we're going to take our first time out of the podcast so much to get to when we come back. Alex Debrinkit talked about his contract status. Robin Leonard got hurt at practice today. A team in the Central Division got a lot better with a trade that was made today. Maybe you missed it. The St. Louis Blues made a major trade today. And, of course, a very important hockey birthday we have to get to. All that and more coming up next on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We are brought to you by our friends, at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, the time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. You've got to go. It's right behind the Home Depot. They actually use that hashtag now in their social media, hashtag behind the Home Depot on Halstead in Homewood. Just incredible craft beers. I ran the uh, 0.3K uh, this weekend. It was really grueling. Uh, and the race started off with a nice beer from Rabbit, and it was really refreshing on a hot Saturday afternoon. Uh, go there. Tobias is the beer master. He's the one who crafts everything, comes up with all the recipes. Ray, his wife, runs the place. It's just an awesome place to be. It's welcoming. It's friendly. And everything you try there, you're going to love. Every time I go to Rabbit, and I think, James, you agree with this, whatever you try is your new favorite. <laughs> you know, oh, I really love that. I, uh, and what I love about Rabbit is they don't keep everything around forever because they want you to try new stuff. And they'll bring it back out when the time comes. The Hemogoblin remains my favorite, but it's not always there. So maybe i got to try a Hexed. Maybe i got to try a Dwarves of Doom or a Dripping Teeth. There's so many options at Rabbit. They're all delicious, and there is something there for everyone. So, again, go drink mythological-level mythological craft ales at Rabbit Brewing, rabbitbrewing.com in Homewood, Illinois. All right, we mentioned before the break a... Uh, the St. Louis Blues made a major acquisition today, and it finally happened. The defenseman, the Carolina Hurricanes, have been rumored to trade for like 20 years now. Justin Falk goes to the St. Louis Blues. They solidify their blue line, and that is a strong deal. They give up Joel Edmondson and prospect Dominic Bach and a seventh-round pick. They also get a fifth-round pick back from Carolina uh, in the 2020 draft. So, the, and the, by the way, then the Blues went on to immediately sign Falk to a seven-year contract extension, $45.5 million. That's a $6.5 million cap hit, which isn't too bad, 
for a defenseman of his caliber, but seven years is long. That's that a long is a contract. long time for the type of game Justin Falk plays. Yeah, for sure. And um, remember, it doesn't it doesn't kick in till next season, does it? No. This might be a Brent Seabrook situation. Oof. Without the without the championships. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they won one without him. Right. I don't know. It's it, they're, they're let's put it this way: for the next three or four years, they're definitely better than they would have been without him. Oh, hundred God, hundred percent. Yes, their defense now having him, Petrangelo, and Colton Pareko on the same blue line, it's pretty good. Yeah, they're they're very solid. They're very right side heavy, and that's a little bit interesting. I wonder how that's going to shake out. I know. Yeah, the what fall- is it like to be right side heavy on a defense? The Blackhawks <laughs> have never had to deal with that. I know. It, I, I just wonder how they're going to because I know Falk. I read today and when the trade happened, um, has never played on the left side before. So it's going to be curious to see how the Blues handle it. Last season in 82 games, Falk had 11 goals and 24 assists and with a plus nine if you still value such things. Uh, So a solid quality defenseman. I don't know if he's their number one, but he's a really solid number two. And uh, yeah, the Blues suddenly are better. They got better than they were coming off the Stanley Cup. I don't know. Did they lose a lot this summer? I don't think so. They didn't lose a ton, no. I'm I'm sure there's something like totally obvious you and I are missing, but right. Um, I don't think so. I think most of the key players in the Blues remain, so they're going to be tough this year. Colorado got better. Um, the the Central Division is stacked, and it's going to be good. One thing we haven't mentioned yet either is the Dustin Bufflin thing with the Jets. He's like weighing his if he wants to play anymore, and then the Jets to give themselves some relief, suspended him. So they get some cap relief until he comes back. And the suspension wasn't done as far as they're saying anyway, with any sort of anger or spite. It's just as the most sensible thing to do if he's not going to play and they want that roster space. But, but Buffalo now doesn't get paid. So that's the thing to keep an eye on. The Jets lost a lot. They lost Truba. Now they lost Buffalo. Who else? They lost another defenseman this year too. They also have not signed Patrick Line yet. That's that's a big one. And that's that is one thing that I wanted to bring up in this central mix is that I like the fact the Blues are aggressively going for it because you have uh, Patrick Line still not signed. Dustin Bufflin, like you mentioned, is not in camp with the Jets. You have Miko Rantanen, who still has not signed an RFA deal. I mean, this is. We're getting down to the nitty gritty here, and the central looks like it's going to be kind of a crapshoot, especially early on with all these guys still unsigned and yeah. all this uncertainty in places. The Blackhawks could really put themselves in a good spot if they can get off to a really hot start this season. Well, everyone sort of, I think everybody assumed that the shoe was going to drop when Marner signed, and that really hasn't been the case. Gee, well, you know, a guy signs a $10 million a year deal. It's so surprising that a bunch of dominoes didn't fall after that. <laughs> well, they better win, man. They they better win soon because the Leafs, mm. I mean, because they got a lot of money. They got a lot of money tied up in people. very few guys. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I mean, look, they're good. They're really talented. But I don't know. I, would you count them as a cup favorite right now? They've got a lot of names. But I don't know if they have the depth you need to win a cup. Who knows? I don't know. I also I'm also not sold on their defense and goaltending, but I mean that's kind of been the knock on them every single season, right? Yeah, they're gonna try to win every game, you know, seven five or whatever. Which right. look, you've got the firepower to do it. You've got Tavares, you've got Marner, you've got Austin Matthews, you've got William Nylander. 
who's coming off a bad year, but he sort of jumped into things in the middle. And we learned from Craig Kimbrell, that's not easy to do. Yeah. <sighs> well, I mean, I almost made a show your ass joke about uh, the Maple Leafs, but I feel like that's a little too on the nose with what's <laughs> uh, going on with Austin Matthews today. Um, by the way, you mentioned Marner's new deal, and that sort of brings us back to Alex Dabrinkit. Uh, another... No, I don't want to talk <laughs> about this. And, and here's the thing. I mentioned this after the Hawks convention, how Alex Dabrinkit has nothing interesting to say. He's just a hockey machine, which is fine. But when you're trying to read into his quotes, it's really hard to find out where he's coming from. <laughs> he's just sort of like, yeah, you know, it'll work out. But I'm, I'm mostly going to leave it up to my agent. And I'm sure he'll do something that's fair. But, yeah, it'll work out. But, again, at the same time, you got to think about your future. But, yeah, I'm sure we'll get something done. It's like, Alex. Just stop talking. You're making me, I don't know if I should feel good about what you're saying or terrible about what you're saying. I don't know how to feel. I don't know. They have I want to, to simultaneously drink bleach and, uh, and yell really loudly in celebration. I don't you, know what to do. You want to make like a bleach mimosa. Basically, yeah. Yeah, it's like a half celebration and a half I want to end it all because I have no idea how this is going to end. You're going to mix some Jameson and some bleach and just see what happens. I just don't know if I can handle Alex Debrinkit in a Hurricanes jersey playing on a line with Tavo Teravainen. That might just be the thing that, <sighs> that ends all hockey for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you dead? All right. You're okay. Okay. Do you want to you want to mention why we brought up Alex Debrinkit yeah. aside from the RFA thing? Well, I mean, he was in another article in the Athletic with some quotes about his future here and how, uh, you know, he's thinking about it and it's not totally on his mind all the time and his agent's on top of it. It just did nothing to clear things up. None. Nothing. Yeah, it really didn't. I mean, it, it's just the way that Bowman's been talking about it. He's talked about it as a priority for years. And he's talked about kind of looking ahead and being ready to do it. And knowing that down the line are going to have to make this signing. But he said that before. You know, maybe with not as much gusto as he's done about Debrinkit. And they're in a better place now than they were when they had to give Tavo a new deal. Or Artemi Panarin a new deal. Right, but it's just... I just have this uneasy feeling, man. I don't know. I just... Wasn't I don't that like an it. Eagles song? I don't I don't know. I don't like the Eagles. No, I don't I don't think uneasy feeling is an Eagles Isn't song. It? I think I'm thinking of something else. There is something easy feeling, free and I believe easy it's feeling. A, or... I think it's a peaceful, easy feeling. That's it. You're right. You are correct. Anyway, I, do you, did that do anything? Like, did that change your feel? If anything, I think I like just sort of talking through it here. I think I feel worse. Oh no, I I a hundred percent have no idea how to feel now. When he, when when it, players it's like say, asking your wife what she wants for dinner. Oh, well, it's basic. Yeah, yeah. But when the player says, "I'm going to leave it in my agent's hands." That to me, I oh, that is a I don't like that. Yeah, that means that any notion of like I'll take less to stay here is out the window. Look at do, you know, do you know who else says that? Chris Bryant says that all yes, the time. Yes, and remember, this is what happened with Brandon Sod. Remember, is he's like, yep. oh, my agent will figure it out. And the Hawks were like, no, we're not paying you that. Get out of here. And they traded him, and he was like, what? Wait, what? That was an option. I could get traded. Yes, you get traded if you're asking for six million dollars when you're twenty three or whatever. That's my fear, man. I don't know. Well, I, I, well, clearly it was a big honking contract the Blackhawks wanted no part of as they traded back for it two years later. Yeah, but they were in a different situation then. <sighs> they couldn't swallow that at the time. I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. 
It's just scary. I just don't want to lose him. You don't want to. It's not often you come across a guy who scored like a bajillion goals in his first two years. That those guys don't come around very often. Okay, Timo Teravainen did not score a bajillion I'm goals in his first it. two years. I know. I'm talking about Debrinket. Okay, and you're also talking about Artemi Panarin. Yes, but Panarin's different because he was older. He was an older free agent. He still was a restricted free agent. Right, but I think he was a little more proven. And a little more like fully developed of a player than Tavo was at the time. Mm-hmm. Or the old development excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, you and I, you know me. No one loves Tavo like I do, but we were not sure. Like he was not a sure thing when they traded him. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I, I, all kidding aside, you were right. He was to me because he's my special boy. But by the way, did you see that um, that f every NHL player? Uh, Twitter account. Uh, I did. Finally I finally got Tavo today. Oh, you got Tavo? I, I saw they got Kirby Doc a while back. <laughs> and it, it worked. <laughs> yeah, it finally hit Tavo today, and I think at least six or seven people tagged you in it and were of like, course. well, time for Jay to get mad. I was cutting the grass in the dark, which is really fun when you have a dog. It's like, dum dum dum, dum dum dum. Just stepping in piles constantly. It was great. Really should probably, I was going to, if you didn't mention the last uh, piles thing, I was going to make a bad joke about how you kept running your dog over, and I was going to tell you that was animal cruelty. I would never do that. I love my dog more than anything. Is, it, is her name Ray, or is it Daisy? It is Ray. Okay, but still named after The character Daisy Ray in Ridley. Star Wars, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. sorry. This is really compelling podcast no, material. I, uh, right anything here. to get our minds off the the incoming uh, Debrinket disaster. I have a way to do that. Let's talk about uh, Marishka. You know what? Yeah, let's talk about Marishka's. I haven't talked about a poor boy for a while. Well, let's go. You know what? Let's do it soon. I need to go pay Joe a visit. It's been too long. Let's go get some poor boys. Let's go stuff our bodies with garlic butter and onion rings and delicious steak and chops and seafood, and then wash it down with some awesome craft beer. Oh, I love Marishka's. I I know if you're listening to this podcast, we've talked about Marishka's since our inception five years ago. They've been they were our second sponsor after Triple Threat Sports. They've been on board since the beginning. And if you've not been there, you know someone who has been, and you say the word Marishka's and their eyes light up and they begin to salivate because no I don't I swear to God, I can't imagine having a bad experience at Marishka's. I just can't. Everything there is delicious. It's all made from scratch, made with love. It's family-owned and operated since 1933. Go out to Crest Hill, try the poor boy, 604 Theodore Street, Marishkas.com, or Facebook.com slash Marishkas. Go visit them, M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. Say hi to Joe and the family from the Madhouse Podcast. And anytime you go visit any of these sponsors of ours, make sure you mention us. It helps. It helps them realize their money is well spent. So thanks to Marishkas for a fifth season of sponsorship. All right, I mentioned uh, before we went to the break, it is a very special NHL birthday. And uh, I think that all of us as hockey fans, when we look at the, you know, the history of the game, there are a few icons in hockey where no matter who your loyalties are, you respect, right? It's Wayne Gretzky. It's Mario Lemieux. It's Mark Messier. It's Gordie Howe. Look, even Blackhawks fans who hate the Red Wings with their heart and soul recognize Gordie Howe as one of the greats of all time. I want to wish a happy first birthday to Gritty, the greatest mascot in sports history. Uh, he's 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 great. He's grabbed that crown in one short year. I saw a video last night of a Rangers fan say, "Let's go Rangers!" in front of him, 
Gritty stared him down, climbed over the railing, and punched him in the camera. <laughs> and w- when Gritty punches you, there's a squeak. I didn't know that. So all you see is Gritty staring at the guy, climbs over the railing, and then punches the camera. The camera goes black as you hear, <laughs> and that's the end of the video. <laughs> so happy first birthday, Gritty. You've done so much in such a short time. Uh, we are all better off for having you and knowing you and loving you. Would his you... video today was wonderful, by the way. <laughs> yes. Him creating his own surprise party. That is gritty in a nutshell, is yeah. it not? He's pretty good. By the way, the New Jersey Devil gave him a run earlier this summer when uh, it ran through a plate glass window at a kid's party. Um, but that's just that's just part of the course for Gritty. That's just, you know. That's a Tuesday for Gritty. <laughs> that's not anything special. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, man, I'm so glad they're playing tomorrow. They played three games in a row. And now all of a sudden they don't play for like a month. Um, I think tomorrow is going to be a big indicator. And the fact that we talked about it earlier, that Alex Nylander is on the top line and uh, Kubelik is on a prominent line. I think those two guys, you know, they're going to, ma- I think tomorrow is going to be a huge part of the decision to play. I think if, like if you're Stan Bowman, you look at those two guys, right? Nylander and Kubelik. As higher ceiling, maybe, what would you say, like a lower floor? Maybe they're a bit higher risk to put on the team. Like, Vadin can be out there and he'll be fine, right? Like, you know, David Camp is David Camp and he's going to be fine, but there's not a huge upside on either, either of those guys. Right. If they, I think if Nylander and Kubelik have a good showing tomorrow, it could just seal their fate as part of the Blackhawks for opening day in Prague. And, and I, I'm, I'm I honestly for it, think that decision is probably like really close if it hasn't been made already based on what they've done in camp and in the first four preseason games. Well, and, and we, we've discussed this before, too, with Bowman and Nylander. It look it makes Bowman look good if Nylander makes a team. And I don't think there's a huge part of Stan that's overly concerned about his image. It's never really seemed to be like his ego is never a thing that has struck me that stands out. If anything, he's just kind of like robotic and uh, you know just like gm bot you know he doesn't show a lot of emotion one way or the other doesn't get real mad or real happy um but i think that neilander making the team sort of validates his thought of moving on from yokoharyu and maybe yokoharyu goes on to be a star in buffalo but when the trade happened i told you guys that a lot of people in the organization were down on him at the time though we all agreed even if you were down on yokoharyu Nylander probably wasn't enough, but if he is the player he seems to be based on the short preseason, maybe we were wrong and Sam Bowman was right. Like you said, is he going to still come with that same fire when his roster spot is secure and when he knows that he's going to be at the NHL level? I mean, to me, I, I would still be looking over my shoulder if I were him because of the guys that have really stepped up during training camp and during the preseason, your Vadines and those guys. They could very easily take over your spot and you could find yourself on a bus to Rockford. I mean, that's that's the way it's going to be this season. It's going to be very performance-based and the tolerance for uh, slow start, mental mistakes, whatever – I think that tolerance is going to be really small this year because the Blackhawks know they need to strike while the iron's hot and they need to get back into the postseason this season. It is playoff or bust, I think, for this team. Yeah, I agree. And, and like you, you sort of led to it there. The the depth we've been talking about creates that tension for Nylander where he can't let down and he can't get complacent because there's a guy right there 
with his bags, bags packed a phone call away and they can come and take a spot right away. So if Nylander can prove and be a consistent player, and even if the puck's not going in the back of the net for him all the time, if the effort level's there, if he's putting forth an honest effort at every, you know, all three parts of the ice, he's going to stay. But to me, it feels like it's up to him. If he's willing to shake that reputation he got in Buffalo and say what you want about Buffalo, they haven't been a great program for a long time. Um, so maybe it's them and not him. But it's up to him to shake this reputation. And it looks like he's being given every chance to make this team. And uh, frankly, I hope he does. We do need to talk about one more uh, little roster tidbit here. We really haven't gotten into it. And that was Robin Leonard left today's Blackhawks practice with an injury that Jeremy Colladin was kind of evasive about. Yeah, it didn't uh, offer much. Just said, well, he's, I, I don't think it's serious but it was serious enough for him to leave practice. Okay. Mm. So, yeah, that's kind of the weird thing about the NHL. Like once the morning practice is over and the coach speaks, there's not really any more news until the next day, <laughs> you know, or until the game starts, but obviously it's not a game day. So we're just going to have to wait until tomorrow to find out what the deal is with Robin Leonard. And when I say tomorrow, I mean Wednesday. This is a habit I'm going to need to break, especially on the new podcast. Um, I got to get into that Les Grobstein school of today when it's like 12.01 a.m. Yep. and the Cubs play at 7.20 that day. It's going to be a tough thing to break. But anyway, I try to I try to omit uh, days as much as I can when I'm uh, writing. I think that's probably the best thing about it is that I've been, I've been taught ways to kind of get around uh, making that mistake. Just write the actual day, Wednesday, Tuesday, whatever. Bingo. Yeah. Yep. Not today, not tomorrow, not yesterday. It's the day. Write it. Right. You ready to do an email? Wait, wait. We have emails? No, we have Whoa. a tweet. I see. Okay. Well, yes. I am ready to do that correspondence. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The tweet of the show is brought to you by our friends at Chuck Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. We told you about their awesome Blackhawks outing that's coming up with their Darien location. You've got to check that out. Uh, The game is on October 20th against the Washington Capitals. Uh, the buffet at the Darien location begins at 3 p.m. The bus leaves at 4. It's a 6 o'clock puck drop. So here's the deal. The buffet menu, pulled pork, smoked chicken and ribs, super Caesar salad, coleslaw, mac and cheese, Cajun potato wedges, cream of chicken rice soup, and mini cookies and brownies. It's a $35 food and liquor uh, value. Complimentary domestics, Captain Morgan and Deep Eddie one and ones That's during the buffet only. It's $140 for a ticket, the buffet, and the bus ride to and from the game. You will not beat that deal. So go to chuckscafe.com, sign up for their Blackhawks outing. James and I have talked about doing it. I think we're going to. We need to have a, a production meeting off the air. i got to check my calendar to make sure that works, but that seems like a really, really great time. Uh, head on to chuckscafe.com. This happens out of their Darien location on October 20th. So, again, chuckscafe.com. And if you can't make the trip, just go there. Try their terrific food. All right, the tweet of the show comes from a longtime Madhouse podcast listener, Chris Sturm. He says, Jay, what are your thoughts on NHL 20 this year, the video game? I'm on the fence about getting it. 
I am not the greatest person to ask about this because I buy it every year and I play it until the next one's released every year because I'm just a uh, number one fanboy of the NHL series of the game. But I will say this. If you played last year's version, there's been a lot of tweaks to this year's version, and they are significant. They don't show up much on, like, to the naked eye. If you were watching the games play side by side, maybe you wouldn't notice, but they made a lot of small tweaks that helped the realism a lot. The goaltending's better. They'll steer pucks into the corner. Um, the shot adjustment, so shots in tight, maybe won't have as much on them because it's the player has to sort of wiggle into a better shooting area. The animations are much improved. The skating's a lot better. Uh, if you're a fan of NHL of the NHL series, I think this is the best one in some time. So I would say don't hesitate to pick up NHL 20. If you're on the fence, you can always rent these things at Redbox. And, or if you're out by me, I have a family video by me. I have an actual video store. Near my home, I got I got one a block from my place too. I'm probably gonna have to uh, go check out NHL 20 as well. I've still been knee deep in MLB 19, the show. I just always love playing those games so much, and you get like really roped into uh, the road to the show uh, thing on that for sure. Uh, Is there a similar uh, feature on NHL 20? I never do the career mode in NHL 20, but they they definitely have it. I do the Hockey Ultimate Team, which is like you earn points and cards and coins. Um, Some people choose to pay for the packs of players. I just tend to kind of just play and unlock. And this year, I'm glad you mentioned that because Hockey Ultimate Team this year is better because as you reach milestones, you get like rental players. So like I have Jeremy Roenick for like a 90 overall rated Jeremy Roenick for like 14 days. As opposed to, like, having to unlock Jeremy Roenick with, like, a million coins, which takes a long time. So as you move on, you almost always have one or two superstars on your team from things you've unlocked from, like, I think I got Roenick from, like, I made 200 hits in the games I played total. So it adds up, it accumulates, and when you cross these milestones, you unlock these players and features. So I have him, I have Mike Gardner on my team, I have um, Joe Sackick I just unlocked, and I'll have them for like limited time. So it makes it a little easier and you get to um you know, you get to mix up your lineup a little bit. Another I forgot to mention this. We mentioned it on a last podcast, but if anybody missed it, there's alumni teams now. So every every NHL team has a team made up of alumni players, and it's not necessarily the the greatest <laughs> players in franchise history, but there are alumni teams, which is fun, and you can set up a tournament and play just alumni teams, or you can mix and match. So there are a lot of cool new features in NHL 20. So if you like the game, I would say feel free to buy it. You shouldn't worry about it. I know there's some people that are like, this game sucks. It's the same game every year. That means you haven't really played it as in-depth as as maybe you should have. So if you're on the fence like that, maybe rent it first. But I do think it's, it's vastly improved. Anyway. Good to know. That's yeah. a good ringing endorsement from the uh, biggest NHL video game franchise fan that I know. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. I just wish they would recognize it and invite me to some of these community things they do. See, that's what I'm saying, man. Send us a couple of free games. We'll talk about it even more. Well, they did send free games to our charity fundraiser last year, so I can't complain too much. They have sent us games in the past. They've been very. When I have asked, they have helped us out. So I rescind my. I rescind my (laughs) sarcastic comment. EA Sports, you're all right. All right. Well, I've waited 48 minutes to plug my new podcast. Can I do it real quick here? Yeah, I suppose. (laughs) So starting Monday, September 30th, I will begin 
my new podcast. Again, this podcast is going nowhere. It remains my priority, like I said last week. But I'm starting a new daily Blackhawks podcast on the Lockdown Network. It's called Locked On Blackhawks. The teaser episode is out now. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Google Play Store. It's on Spotify. So you can go subscribe to the podcast right now. So when the first episode does come out Monday morning, you'll get it right away, and it'll be there. Follow the show on Twitter, LO underscore Blackhawks. It's going to be me for a half hour, Monday through Friday, talking Hawks. I hope you'll check it out. I hope you enjoy it. But again, the Madhouse podcast remains my top priority, um, and we will be with you as often as we always are. So we're not going anywhere, just supplementing with a little more uh, daily action for you. So check that out, Locked on Blackhawks podcast. Uh, I would imagine it'll start showing up on like Stitcher and Pocket Cast and all that stuff tomorrow because all those places kind of cull from Apple. And Apple is the last place. It always takes the longest to get it to show up on Apple Podcasts. So it's definitely on Spotify. It's definitely on uh, Google Play. It's definitely on Apple Podcasts. And now tomorrow and the days following, it should start to populate on those other apps. So check it out. Now that I've done that, I want to thank our sponsors, The Barrel Club in Oklahoma, 4910 West 111th Street, barrelclubillinois.com for information on their Spirit of the Month Club. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Triple Threat Sports for all your team outfitting needs. Call Chris 708-478-6090. And, of course, our friends at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Rabbit Brewing, the time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Happy birthday, Gritty. Enjoy the rest of your week. For my partner, James Neveau, I am Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.